This episode is brought to you by Fortis et Fidelis, honoring the brave and faithful service of our fallen. The free will never forget. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Brave and Faithful Podcast. Uh, today, I have a very special treat for you guys. I have a Marine veteran, and she's also an award-winning journalist. She works at, as the news producer for Good Morning Charlottesville and also serves as the board of directors for military veterans in journal- journalism. Um, I have none other than Baby Garcia. Did I say that right? I hope I... <laughs> yes. yes, you pronounced it correctly. Thank you. And hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um, so baby, I, again, I appreciate you taking the time. Can you just, um, you know, first off, tell us a little bit about your service. When did you serve and how long did you serve for? Sure. So I was an aviation supply specialist in um, New River, North Carolina um, for Mouse 29. And um, I enlisted back in 2013. Mm. I went to boot camp in Paris Island. Um, served in the Marine Corps, by the way. Um, uh, uh, yeah. So I wanted to, you know, make a difference and gain some independence by joining the military. So I decided to go for the, the toughest branch. My dad was, um, my dad served in the army prior and um, my grandfather on my mom's side she, uh, he was a general in the Cambodian army. So mm. I have military in my blood. I didn't discover it until later in life. Um, so maybe perhaps that triggered a little bit of motivation for me to serve, but it was mostly just for me to gain independence, discipline, and just, you know, kind of explore the world and to, to meet different people um, so I went to boot camp in 2013 and um, went to MOS school later and eventually went to the fleet and, you know, to kind of break it down Barney style for those non-vets that are following this. Um, I basically inspected, uh, delivered and maintained aircraft material for helicopters so um, they were called consumable. So it's like very small parts. They range from bolts to nuts to um, shelf life gear, things like that. So um, I served on active duty until 2016. Within that same year, I transitioned on to college to eventually study journalism. So has that always been kind of like your passion? Uh, journalism how did you I guess how did you start pursuing that career yeah that's that was always on my mind I discovered my love for journalism actually when I was around eight years old I was watching news with my mom it was mostly crime related shows um like stuff that you would see on um discovery um id I think that was the channel um that it is now but before that it was 2020 abc's 2020 and i remember seeing diane sawyer elizabeth vargas barbara walters these 
outstanding uh, pioneer women of uh, journalism just telling these important stories. And I would just ask my mom questions like, you know, what would happen to the Menendez brothers now, you know, when their case was going on or, you know, on America's Most Wanted, um, you know, did they capture this guy or this person? Mm -hmm. um, so I was just very inquisitive at an early age. And I knew that combined with my love of writing and asking those questions, I want to make that into a career. So later on, I tried out different activities in high school and it just confirmed my passion for journalism further. But I still wanted to like figure myself out more and search for that motivation to fully go all the way in journalism. So I guess serving in the military first allowed me to, you know, discover who I am and solidify my purpose right. and making sure that I had a strong foundation in something else to propel me to whatever career I wanted to go to. Um, but journalism was always a part of my plan. So, so what do you think? Um, how do you think the military kind of helped you prepare into the field of journalism into what you're doing now? And that is an excellent question because there's so many skills and experiences in the military that translates to a successful career in journalism. You have to think, you have to be detail oriented in the military. You have to work well under pressure with a team. Um, and in journalism, you're working with your colleagues in a newsroom. As a producer now for Good Morning Charlottesville, I have to communicate with the anchors, the reporters, um, the control room people, and you know, just make sure that we're all on the same page to produce um, a two-hour morning show. So, you know, it requires a lot of discipline too. Being able to get up early, stay late is, you know, it, it might sound like the easiest thing to do, but for some people, they don't have their bodies or their minds trained, right. you know, to, to carry out the discipline that it takes for um, the, you know, for their career. So I was very fortunate that I had a strong foundation from the military with those skills and utilizing them to my advantage as a journalist. So you mentioned, you know, getting up early, <clears throat> staying late kind of like similar to, you know, still be, being in the service. So a lot of people might not know, you know, the, like the ins and outs, maybe the, uh, how, how being a journalist, how that is. Like, can you kind of just briefly describe like your day-to-day -day job um, as a journalist? How, how, is, how does that go? Sure. So as a news producer, I'm, I'm responsible for managing and, um, kind of organizing the content of what goes in a two-hour morning show. So making sure that I'm keeping up to date with what is trending online 
And also, what is the most important information I can push out to the public? And part of that is editing and writing new scripts. And the way that you tell stories for TV news, it has to be short, sweet, and to the point. Because in the morning, you have people that are on the commute. They're on the the go. They need to get to work. They need to drop their kids off at school. How fast and how efficient can I push out these many stories within two hours? Um, So when I get into work, you know, I you know, see the computer and the, I go on the system where I compose what is called a rundown of the show. And um, it takes me a few hours to, you know, put each story together. And then I'm going back to review it. Um, I'm reading it out loud as, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think, put myself into the mind of, you know, our viewer. So I'm making sure that it is concise for me to understand what the story is about as a viewer. And I'm thinking about my audience as I'm going back and playing each story. Um, and then the anchor or anchors come in at around, you know, 3.30, 4 o'clock. Um, that's that final hour of prep. Um, and cutting videos and making sure that everything runs smoothly before we go on air at five o'clock okay. in the morning. So do you, do you already have like stories, like before you go into work, do you already have like stories in mind or like you said, you already review all that stuff beforehand? For the most part, yeah. Cause even though <laughs> I, you know, my shift is designated from 11 to seven in the morning, I, my brain is just like on, a constant news cycle where I'm checking Twitter and Facebook and looking on TV news channels, you know, yeah. to making sure I'm up to date with what is going on in the world. Uh, you know, like everybody wants to know, you know, what is going on with the stimulus package, for example. So that's something that I need to kind of like keep track of. Right. Um, And that's something that I can go back to when I do clock in for my shift and be like, hey, this is what I'm incorporating at the top of the show because it's the most important. But yeah, that's an example. Okay. Um, So, so maybe, you know, I was kind of reading your, your website and your bio, Uh, you had mentioned uh, 2018 Hurricane Maria. So you guys, um, you guys went down there and filled like a documentary can you can you tell us a little bit about that and how was that experience for you sure so for spring break 2018 my team and I we went to Puerto Rico to document stories on what happened after Hurricane Maria and it was my first time not only producing multimedia stories um you know, working with cameras, editing on Adobe Premiere, things like that, because I've been mostly working in the student newspaper doing print work. Um, so I was working with my um, my professors, three really um, motivating and, um, you know, they are also my friends to this day. Um, so they joined us 
and along with the like 11 other or 12 students from Montclair State University, my alma mater. So we all went to Puerto Rico for one week and we each told a different story on what was impacted on the island. And it was from tourism to education, to food distribution, to um, just all sorts of things. And um, my story was about a local celebrity chef, Chef Ventura Vavoni, who worked with World Central Kitchen, who has been distributing and making food during disaster relief um, as part of disaster relief. And he's done that before in the the past. Yeah. Um, he's worked with chef Andres. He's a very popular, well-known chef as well, known for his humanitarian efforts. Um, so chef Avoni, his volunteers and world central kitchen, they all teamed up to help feed people in need. And during these, you know, critical times where, you know, um, the elderly, are bed bound and they can't, you know, get food from themselves. Chef Avoni also, you know, made house calls. He would personally deliver the food to the people. And I just thought that that experience in storytelling, it just really makes you think, you know, this is why I got into the field that I was meant to be in because I found the heart of the story and, you know, it, it was all like a really good learning experience for me to not only work with, you know, my professors and other students and my peers, but it also made me grow, you know, just kind of reporting in a crisis situation, not knowing what to do really until I actually got there and observed and just, you know, learn to ask questions and um, just to, you know, tell the story as best as I can. Would you say, would you say that experience or, you know, those moments were kind of like some of the difficult moments you've had in, in journalism? Yeah, I mean, it was one of them because I was overwhelmed with the emotion. You know, these people have been impacted by a natural disaster that, you know, six, seven months later, they still needed help. Their electricity was still turned off in some places. Um, Some, you know, needed medical attention. There were roads that were, you know, just, you know, covered with, with trees, debris and, you know, cracks. It was just like, these are people that need help. This is a U.S. territory. Um, and you know, like they, they need as much help as they need from the government and, you know, just to absorb all that and really acknowledge the struggles that they're going through, but yet Puerto Ricans are also people that, you know, they would give their shirt off their back for somebody in need. They may not have a lot, but the community is so caring and the spirit of Puerto Ricans, I will never forget. Um, And, you know, just 
to learn like different ways of storytelling for the first time in an unfamiliar place, that was also overwhelming. But I, I was determined to, you know, make it work and to really get as much ex from this experience as I could. And it worked out for all of us. And I'm just so proud and thankful for being a part of that team. That's awesome. So what would you say was, what would you say was the most rewarding moment or experience you've had since uh, becoming a journalist? Um, I just think that whenever I stick to the fundamentals of journalism and I just, I tell stories with passion and purpose, I feel like that's the reward itself. It's, you know, I've, won awards with my team for our reporting in Puerto Rico. Um, and I'm so grateful for those moments as well. But when I'm telling stories that, you know, are of affected communities, are of underserved communities, and also, you know, just alerting the public in, you know, what's going on in this world. Like I'm, it makes me feel proud and it's, a, it's just a reward in itself. Want to support an active duty owned brand? Head over to Fortis-Fidelis.com. Again, that's Fortis-Fidelis.com and help us in honoring the brave and faithful service of our nation's defenders. All proceeds will help us create and provide memorial coins to the families of our fallen service members. Again, that's fortis-fidelis.com and help Fortiset Fidelis in honoring the brave and faithful. That's awesome. So uh, for those of you guys just joining in, uh, again, talking to award-winning journalist and Marine veteran, Baby Garcia, so, baby, I want to get your opinion on, you know, some of some of the things like that's on the news right now. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of um, divisiveness divisiveness that's going on. Um, you know, what 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 are what is your opinion on like some of these uh, news outlets and kind of just like how they're reporting, um, you know, whatever story that's going on uh, in our current situation in the world. Well, just by observing some outlets in particular on how they, you know, how they tell their stories, like, I feel like they have a certain agenda that they want to push, you know, like, it's, you know, it's one sided. And right. as journalists, you need to be fair balanced, you need to have neutrality when it comes to storytelling, because you know, there's two sides to every story. There's two sides to each coin. And it's just like, you know, when you're talking with your friends and they tell you, you know, oh my God, this happened, this happened. Um, you know, you want to know their side, of course, but you also want to know like from the other person's point of view or perspective. And it's just very important nowadays, especially with the pandemic going on, where there's a lot of different sources on the internet on tv that misinformation can be pushed 
further and more people are sharing that misinformation and then it just um the accuracy isn't there anymore so you know there's a lot of different information and stories flown in every direction it's and a lot easier to get it out now like, exactly yes it, yeah. it's accessible yeah um but at the same time we also as consumers of the news we need to be media literate meaning we need to pay attention to the details within each story so that we're not sharing misinformation to our friends to our family and then they're reposting it on their end so looking out for you know like uh as simple as misspellings in an article that's a red flag there mm. like you should know that attention to detail exactly it's attention to detail if you <laughs> see a misspelling or some sort it's a no no right um if you see an altered image um within the story also a red flag so just preparing more news consumers to be media literate and also for journalists to just stick to the basic fundamentals making sure that you know you are interviewing at least two to three people as opposed to one because you know you don't want to be one-sided um i think applying those kind of ethics are important what you say like interviewing like two or three people just i mean two three different viewpoints and mm -hmm. perspectives right like not yeah. just like one that's going to cater to your audience or whatnot okay exactly. so uh, so baby can you give our audience so if somebody is listening right now you know they're interested or they might have that you know same passion as you have and pursuing a career in journalism what would your i guess advice or actionable step that they can you know they can take right now and in, into that uh, career the first piece of advice i would recommend is to find a great mentor mentorship is so important as many veterans may know um i had a couple in the marine corps and i'm thankful for them and what they taught me and that still applies to when you you know when a military service member gets out a mentor is there to you know to be a good support system for you you know if you have any questions you should be able to find a mentor you know that you know is available and that can really show you the ropes um you know and and teach you so much about journalism and you know i've had great ones and I still do to this day um, as part of a nonprofit, Military Veterans in Journalism, and my alma mater at Montclair State University. And the, I guess more pieces of advice I would recommend is just number two, to network. Mm -hmm. The pandemic has made it easier to network, I believe. It's, you know, there's a lot of social media engagement nowadays it you know i feel like journalists are more you know like are more friendly well not to say that they weren't friendly before but they're <laughs> more receptive and open 
to hearing from other journalists on their struggles to, you know, break into this industry. And I think that, you know, just shoot one of the journalists like a message on LinkedIn, on Facebook, or um, on their professional page, and just introduce yourself. Because that's how I got my foot in the door with this nonprofit. I actually reached out to Marine Corps vet, Russell Maduri. Um, he was my mentor and he still is my mentor. So I reached out to him randomly on LinkedIn. And this was before the organization officially launched. Right. And just by being naturally curious, I asked, you know, like, can we connect? And, you know, doing something as simple as that can really make a difference. And the last thing I would recommend is just to, to study and observe other journalists that you you are a fan of. Um, for me, you know, it was Barbara Walters, Elizabeth Vargas, Diane Sawyer, you know, Oprah Winfrey. I was watching her shows a lot too. But, you know, having um, an idea of what kind of beats that you wanna cover from other journalists, um, from their reporting, observing their reporting, or just, you know, following them along because you may not necessarily follow in their same career path, but, you know, their work may serve as a blueprint or, you know, as a, as a way to navigate to, you know, through your career. What are, what are some things that you're looking for or you should be looking for in, in a mentor? Hmm. Honesty. Because, you know, you have to have some tough skin to not only be a journalist, but just to accept criticism well. And right. honestly, you know, I'd rather you give it to me straight instead of sugarcoating things for me. And it, it's very in, an important trait. It's a very important trait to have for a mentor. Um, so honesty um, you know, kind of encouraging, you know, kind of like to uplift you and say, Hey, you did a good job. Keep going with this. You're going somewhere. Um, I think positive reinforcement and encouragement is important in leadership and, you know, to have that quality within a mentor would be great. And, um, also availability. I think that, you know, if if I have a question late at night or early in the morning and, you know, I, I wouldn't want to rush you or anything to, right. you know, respond to me, but at least, you know, within a few hours or like the next day, I would so appreciate that. I'm very responsive to emails and- Yeah, you are. That's a- yeah, I try not to wait longer than a day. Yeah. So if a mentor can just be on that same page and respond in a timely manner, that's a win. Yeah, I just want to say that you're very, uh, through our communication on email, just messaging each other, you're, you're very responsive. Uh, so I want to shout out to you for that. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, so you brought up uh, honesty. I mean, like, I think that's in any mentor in any field that you want to go into. Um, it's important that they're honest with you because if they're not, they're, they're not really helping you grow or helping you, you know, to succeed in, in improving. So Exactly, because, you know, I, I'm the type of person where I don't want to be complacent. And yeah. without honesty, we can't grow. Like you said, we can't get better. We can't seek self-improvement. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they say that honesty is the best policy. I believe it when it comes to mentorship. That's awesome. So, uh, <clears throat> so you mentioned earlier and we kind of talked about it, uh, military veterans in journalism. Can you tell us a little bit about this, uh, nonprofit and maybe how you know how are some of our listeners who are who are interested how can they uh get involved sure so military veterans and journalism is a nonprofit organization where we're advocating for more veterans to be placed in newsrooms across america and the world so we provide opportunities workshops programs internships, fellowships, um, educational type of opportunities for our veterans to grow and really sustain success in this profession. It's very competitive. And, you know, like 7%, and this is according to a recent report from Zach Batterf, who is our executive director slash co-founder. He it was saying in Pointner that 7% of America's population is consisting of military veterans and only 2% are media workers. And that data is according to the US Census Bureau. So that of course is a small number and we're just trying to change that and right. make sure that more newsrooms can see that you know, there's, there's so much value that vet, veterans bring to journalism and using their experiences in, you know, foreign policy, national security, global affairs, you know, just the, the experiences and the skills that they develop on, you know, deployments, on detachments, on, you know, just, you know, working in the fleet and um, just really knowing like the military jargon it, it's, it's useful in every newsroom, you know, especially now we have, you know, the recent capital insurrection that happened last month where, you know, we're seeing a lot of news with military veterans participating, you know, within that riot who are being caught and the other side that are defending, you know, the capital. So, in those type of situations, we're, you know, encouraging more veterans to, you know, check us out, to follow the work of our community members. Um, you know, we have veterans that work for the Associated Press, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and other, you know, outlets, both big and small markets. Um, and, you know, if you want to volunteer or you know donate to our nonprofit 
we're we're open to you know accepting any any help that we can get because we're just trying to make a difference in all newsrooms how do how does uh how does one volunteer with the with your nonprofit well you can sign up on our website it's mvj.network and underneath there is a section where it's it says um you know you can volunteer you would have to click on a link within our website it'll direct you to a form that you would have to fill out mm-hmm. and you know we have a list of bullet points where you know someone can get involved and volunteer for different um, areas within our organization, such as outreach, um, community outreach, um, you know, commu- uh, communication management, things like that. Okay. So for those of you guys just listening in, make sure you guys check that out, mvj.network. Um, go on that website and if you guys are interested in, in volunteering. Um, so, so baby, uh, one last question before, before we go to our second segment here. What's one thing you want our listeners to take away from this episode? I would say that there are a lot of good veterans who are continuing their sense of service by being journalists. And, you know, we of course are all too familiar with serving others, servicing Mm -hmm. others. And the commitment to continue to serve is still lingering. There are a lot of veterans who, you know, they get out of the military, they're wondering, you know, what do I do next? How do I serve others? Yeah, they still want to serve. Exactly. They're just trying to find a different way. Exactly. And journalism is a public service. We're informing the public on, you know, what they need to know. And, you know, it's with news, the news landscape that it's going in now, you know, we need as much, you know, accurate, um, fast information as we possibly can. And to know that military veterans are contributing to the cause, to the fight, to, you know, not carry on disinformation. And I want the public to know that they can trust veterans in journalism. The way, you know, the way that some people, you know, view veterans, you know, while we're in service, you know, they, Um, you know, we have these holidays, you know, where, um, people thank us and, you know, appreciate us or whatever. And it's, it's all awesome, but, you know, there are veterans like our community that are still doing excellent things and applying what they learned in the military and continuing to serve others. So I guess that's the last and final thing I'd like to encourage people um you know what i would like for people to get out of this discussion continue your service journalism journalism is is you know another way to serve serve the community and uh, our nation so 
Awesome, man. So, uh, baby, so this is our second segment of our episode. So basically, this is the same five questions I asked all my guests. Um, so are you ready? Yeah, sure. <laughs> all right. So what's first question? What's one hobby you enjoy? Scrapbooking. Scrapbooking. Okay. Um, if you Second question. If you had to choose one person, uh, dead or living, to hang out with for one day, who would it be and why? It's Lady Gaga. I'm a huge fan. I've been a huge fan of hers for, you know, since she got out. And um, I just, I love her so much. I love, um, you know, the fact that she stands up for not bullying other people, you know, and I just think that she's an incredible artist. She's a versatile artist that does everything from play instruments to working the crowd and just, acting and right. she does it all <laughs> yeah i gotta say that movie was pretty uh it was pretty good the star is born yep mm -hmm. yeah loved her in that all right so uh, next question recommend a book for our audience to read war torn it's a book about female reporters that um were sent to vietnam to report on the war so do you know who, uh, is it like different authors or? It's, it's, uh, it's different reporters telling their experiences okay. for each chapter. Wow. So it's not just, it was written by like one author, like it was organized by one author, right, right. but in actuality, there are multiple authors because, you know, it, it you know, there's at least maybe 15 to 20 female Chapter, reporters yeah okay so war torn stories of war from the women reporters uh, who covered vietnam yep okay all right so next question what's your favorite quote and why oh god i thought i would remember it <laughs> um, but i don't but i remember i know the premise of it okay. um it yeah. is by lady gaga and she said something about, you know, like, um, your career won't wake up and tell you that they don't love you anymore. It was a quote about, you know, your career and the men that, you know, you choose to date or whatever. And I like that quote and I have to go back now to view the full quote, but I like that because um, I feel that sometimes our, you know, as our experiences as women, like we tend to focus on, you know, like romance and love. And I'm not saying every woman, just some of us. Um, and it's okay to be ambitious and right. to go for what you want. You know, this is the only life that you live. And I, I've been a hustler and I'm happily married to a Marine, but I also have my professional goals and, you know, I will always have him and I, I love him, but I also love my career and what I do. So the premise of the quote to me is just, you know, it's okay to be 
a hard work, hard working woman. And, you know, it's empowering to, you know, to gain that independence and to know what you want out of life, including your professional hustle. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great message. Um, I, I I got like a, a two year old girl right now, and I got another girl on the way in in May. So, <laughs> one of the things that you know, con- yeah, just being a girl dad is just you know being a a good role model as as a man as a father to them, and just kind of you know making sure that they have every opportunity in, you know, whatever career that they want to choose, you know, there's, there's no limits, just the limits that they set to them uh, for themselves. Um, so I, lo- I love your message. Love your message. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that as well. I don't have any kids, but um, I grew up around boys, um, four brothers. Mm. And uh, I'm the How only that? girl. <laughs> I'm very overprotective. Yeah, yeah. But um, it made me stronger in the end to grow up with boys. Um, and yeah, like for your daughters. And I feel like with the news lately, I see more women in leadership. Yeah. And we have a female vice president. And, you know, just these changes, you know, women in sports, I'm seeing it. And, you know, we're just, I feel like we're becoming more of an unstoppable force to be reckoned with. And I'm sure it's going to be the same for your daughters. Yeah, you, you see that change now and just imagine where we'll be in about 10, 20 years or so. So, all right. So, uh, baby, one final question here. What do you see yourself in a year, five years, or even 10 years from now? Mm. In 10 years, I hope to own a house, have kids. I don't know how many. We'll see how one goes first. <laughs> and then I'll take it from there. Um, and I'm thinking I would like to be a news director one day, you know, just to have a higher leadership position within a TV newsroom. Um, And I just want to continue being happy and live my life with no regrets. Well, baby, I I appreciate you for for taking the time, uh, sharing a little bit about your story, uh, the nonprofit, uh, military veterans and journalism. Um, Just one last thing. Can can you tell us where current our audience stay in touch with you? How can they support you and, and the nonprofit? Sure. So everyone who is listening on our discussion, you can follow me on my professional social media accounts. I have a professional Twitter at baby Garcia. Um, I have a professional Facebook page under the same name, LinkedIn um, and Instagram baby and Garcia, if you would like to follow me. For military veterans and journalism, make sure you check on our website, make sure you go on to our Facebook, our Twitter, MVJ network, um, that's our account, Um, LinkedIn and uh, YouTube channel. We also post um, our videos of our lectures and um, things like that, that we've recorded. And 
our Instagram as well, which is MVJ Network. Um, so military veterans and journalism, again, if you'd like to get involved or follow us and um, be sure to give my professional accounts follow a follow too. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, baby, again, thanks for sharing your story and uh, talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. Hey everyone, Raiden here. I just want to thank you for listening to our podcast. And make sure you guys go check out our website, fortist-fidelis.com. Again, that's fortist-fidelis.com. And learn how you can help us support in providing these memorial coins to the families of the fallen. And make sure you guys go follow our social media on Facebook, FRTS, FDLS. Again, that's FRTS, FDLS. And on Instagram and Twitter at FRTS underscore FDLS. Again, that's FRTS underscore FDLS. And make sure you guys go subscribe, review, and leave a comment on our podcast on all the podcast platforms. Till then, take care.